Shut up and sit down. Greetings from the heartland of America, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Hoboken Coffee Roasters. This is the Bold Leadership Podcast, where we are building bold leaders to solve tomorrow's toughest challenges. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for taking the time. The Bold Leadership Podcast is published every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.exsin.co. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Bold Leaders and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. And now, here are your hosts, former Air Force pilot, commander, and business owner Dave Evans with his partner in crime, former combat controller, wealth advisor, and deal maker extraordinaire Phil Nichols. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to Bold Leadership. I am tickled to death to have Christoph Chakowsky with us today. He's the managing partner of LogCon East. Their mission is to advise logistics industry using different types of service and integrated high-level performance valuations. They strongly believe in people and people in business and serve clients in Central and Eastern Europe and in Asia. Christoph moved as a teenager from Poland to Hamburg, Germany, where he earned his MBA. Within 10 years, he made manage- a management career from an operations manager position to CEO of a logistics company. But having achieved this, he said, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and founded a top management logistics company in Poland to raise the leadership standards and move companies to a new level. He has been serving for more than 18 years in the industry as an advisor, trainer, and C-level executive across various countries in Europe and in Asia. That he combines well with his passions, which is leadership development, worldwide traveling, and cross-cultural cooperation. He speaks Polish, German, English, and Russian. Christoph is currently located in Warsaw, Poland, where he lives with his beautiful wife, Irena, and a cat he calls Olympia. Christoph, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Great to have you, and I'm looking forward to a very good discussion today. Well, I think we're going to have a great one. So I'm going to start with our first question, and it's my, my favorite question. What is your yeah. favorite leadership co- quote, and how does it motivate you? Well, uh, you know, that there are a lot of good business and leadership quotes, but actually I would choose the following one. It's, I am not the product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. And uh, this is from Stephen Covey, and this quote, you know, I like very much because it underlines that you are responsible for the way you go and, and, and your success. So, you know, the circumstances might be difficult sometimes, but it's up to you uh, to make the best out of it. And it's only you who can change the direction and, and take, you know, decisions and actions to go wherever you believe is the most interesting for you. So I guess uh, a leader makes decision even in, in the hardest environment, in the most challenging markets, or in companies with lots of troubles and weaknesses. So a leader even makes decisions to change the circumstances. So that is, that is the quote which I really like. And I try to apply it in my life as well. Well, Christoph, I think it's a quote we can all embrace because it, it tells us we're responsible for our decisions and our decisions affect our outcomes. And in today's world, that's, it's never been more important to understand your place and the, 
the, the sure. impact your decisions have on your team and your life. That, that's a great quote, and I love it as well. So in your mind, you know, you've, you've, you've worked for people, and now you have a very large, successful logistics company all over Europe and Asia. In your mind, what is the biggest leadership challenge you have overcome? Well, you know, I think I am quite well prepared for any challenges because, you know, um, in, in my life, I, I, I have made uh, different uh, steps in, in, and also in uh, some uh, sometimes challenging circumstances. So if, if I think a, li- a little bit about my life and about my career, you know, the way uh, as, as I came over um, to, to, to live uh, in Germany. So um, then I, I made a, a lot of uh, very good experience. And, you know, talking about the biggest leadership challenges, I think what I mentioned before, it helped me a lot that uh, I moved to Germany in my young age. So I had to very fast to transform my values and succeed in the Western society. So that was not re- really easy because, you know, I arrived uh, to Germany uh, without even knowing the language, and then actually I came to, to the high school in Hamburg without any kind, you know, of starter package or any language classes. But again, that was probably not a leadership uh, challenge, but just uh, life circumstances uh, which make you stronger. Now, um, if you ask about leadership challenge, I believe uh, rather early in my career, I was faced with a, with a challenging role in one of the world's largest logistics organizations. So I was assigned um, a, a role to connect uh, various commercial operational teams uh, there in Germany with their counterparts in, you know, like 20 plus countries in Eastern Europe. So actually the task was to lead them to, to, to gain, to drum up business, but I didn't um, have the direct boss authority because this was, you know, a matrix kind of organization. So managers, they had, of course, some contradictory objectives for their own organizations and possibly some concerns and fears to do business with their international peers and they, because they were just simply focused on the local issues and markets. So that was really demanding role. And I knew um, that was a new constellation for the company. So um, if you ask me, how did I overcome it? I mean, um, I've, I, I knew for sure I need to think um, about outside the box because I couldn't only provide them with the regular stuff, right? So, um, you know, I couldn't only provide them, you know, client list or service description or just rush to, to every client of the multi-billion dollar company on my own. That would not have, you know, any, made any difference. So I decided one thing. I decided that I will provide them uh, cross-cultural trainings and newsletters and information so they could understand better how is business done in the East or in the West and what they should watch out dealing with their peers abroad. 
And that worked actually very well, and that captured their interest. So, you know, in, 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 in a very natural way, they came step up, step by step closer to each other. With, uh, with me, you know, I was to support the communication on different occasions and in different places uh, across the whole organization. So, uh, a lot of lessons were learned for me. I could learn, and I hope also the organization at that time, that you do not have, the, the first lesson was actually that you do not have to have a title necessary to make it, um, to have a real authority. You need to be rather, you know, authentic and play out what, can, what you can do best. And, 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 and then you can drive team's performance by uh, guiding, inspiring, uh, you know, controlling, making the real management task. So this assignment, was this, you know, leadership challenge was a lesson of four years. So um, I, I learned there to be, to be able to manage larger units uh, thanks to, you know, delegating, supporting, avoiding, you know, any kind of micromanagement. And of course, you know, with the focus on the bottom line and on the team spirit. So um, that put actually the base for other roles I had later and, and probably those assignments which will come in the future. Well, Christoph, what I find interesting is that if you people in America and some of the people that listen to my podcast, they won't put this together, but I'm looking at your age and about where you are in life, and you lived through a very challenging time growing up, right? You lived in Poland, I'm guessing pre-1990, you know, you moved exactly. to Hamburg. We had a big cultural shift in the world in the, in the early 90s with change in political views across the world, and not only did you battle that and go to, to a Western philosophy of business and ownership and leadership, but you... Spent, it sounds like you spent your life crossing those cultures, which as a yeah. leader, the things that you did are absolutely amazing. Understanding the political landscape and the challenges we face as a world, you know, that is just amazing. I'm, I'm really impressed with the things you've crossed and the things you're doing, especially with LogCon, but more importantly, what you did as a young man growing up. Because it yeah, wasn't exactly. easy like my life was. I, I, yeah, thank you. Thank you for this word. And I can only add, yes, it has been the case with me. And as, as we were saying before, you know, Stephen Covey said, you are the product of, of your decision and your actions and not the circumstances. So I just dealt in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of effective way with the circumstances, which not, not always have been, you know, easy. All right, so here's my next question for you. Are you ready? We're going to skip yeah, down sure. to your current business. I want to I want to learn a little bit more about LogCon East. So what is the most exciting thing that you're doing with LogCon East today, and what is the vision for the future of LogCon East? Um, well, um, let's say what is the um, really like, exciting thing actually about the business we are in, which is, you know, logistics and transportation and supply chain and the consulting for these businesses. I think the, 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 the really exciting thing which is happening now is that it has become very international and a lot of companies, they are in, a, in the need of changing their strategy, uh, their processes, their technology. Um, 
I believe even that has been now a record-breaking time when lots of companies made merger and acquisitions um, and also in the region where we are active, which is, you know, Europe and Asia, um, there's a lot of very good, uh, very good stories to, to capture as a, as a consultant. And, and this gives, you know, us a lot of uh, interesting projects in the consulting and management of logistics all over, all over the place. So, um, you know, um, w what is so inspiring for me, um, I am frequently approached by uh, business owners who would like to make, in these challenging times, a radical transformation. So they would like to go enter new markets or train their people to, to have the best possible leadership skills. So I am always honored if I can make a difference, and, and sometimes it's, you know, it's a turnaround assignment where I help the company to get out of the red zone, or, or there are other cases where the company would, would like to, you know, increase the market share, or somehow simply the company, you know, is running in place, so I'm asked to provide a business development strategy. Um, to give you one example of exciting things uh, in, in the company, in, in a few weeks I will be in Shanghai, in China, uh, talking about company strategies in the new Silk Road business. So I am um, already thrilled already to do so, and I, I believe a lot of exciting things will be happening in this business right now in, in the near future. Well, I think you're right, and I think as we grow our our warehouse-based international sales and distribution lines, as we've seen with Amazon and other companies, Alibaba, you know, there's there's three or four more. But your business is going to grow exponentially in the in the, in the future. It's it's just going to happen uh, as we yeah. have broken down barriers and and found ways to to connect globally, which is really new in the last ten years. You know, you go back twenty years, and we didn't see the kind of business efforts happening across the globe. And you, it sounds like, have been in instrumental in helping companies grow into this new model. Is that, a, is that a fair statement? Yes, exactly. And I believe what what is the challenge coming with that, that the company are growing their distribution, you know, they are having a lot of networks all over the world, but it's only the physical thing. Very important is the, to connect the people, right? Yep. And, and to give to give, you know, as addition to this network distribution stuff, to give the right, the, the right uh, people management to that. Then things are really, really going into the right direction. Well, it sounds like you're building efficiencies for people all over the world and connecting technology and human beings. And, you know, we can't lose sight of the people part of this. Like you said in, in, in the intro about you, is it people first and how do we make them adapt to the change in technology and do great things with it? So here's my next question for you. What was your biggest fear when you accepted your first leadership challenge, whatever that was? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if, I, if I remember it right, um, I, I didn't really know <laughs> how to apply at that time my, my, my leadership position and how to play, you know, this authority thing. Because earlier, 
I was used to make, uh, you know, operational decisions uh, rather fast and, you know, work under lots of pressure, uh, deal simply with customers, suppliers. So in the, in the first leadership challenge, some new dimensions came up. So it, it was that, you know, I was asked to prepare kind of analysis and plan on the market. And at, at that time, I didn't really know would it be enough for my role for the beginning or what else is required. So I was a little bit afraid or maybe better to say I was not really sure about the priorities as leader. And, and, and as I didn't want to ask too much questions, I mean, later it turned out for me that, you know, asking questions is kind of leading in giving you a better position to understand. But at that time, I didn't know that. So that was very, a very, very good leadership experience for me. Well, it sounds like you had the same challenge we all have when we step into our first leadership role. You're scared to death because you don't want to screw up, right? You're used to running ops. You're an operator, so you've got to be a little more delicate because now you're dealing with people, not not mission. Um, so that's certainly a challenge, and I think it'd be it's good for other people to hear that they're not alone, especially the new leaders out there stepping into new positions. Yeah. So, what is the best leadership advice you received ever? Well, um, that's that's a really good question, <laughs> and uh, you know there was a a Greek philosopher called Heraclitus of Ephesus who said Pantare, which we can translate like everything flows, nothing stands still. So, of course, this was said early in the ancient times, but it was also said to me early in my career. And I received this advice uh, from somebody who uh, said it in reference to one particular company. But, and this, this is the important point, it turned out that the change and the change management have become my speciality. I, I feel very well and inspired where there is, you know, a task for changing something in a company, you know, short or midterm. And I believe in these times now, we talk a lot about this, you know, disruptive trends, right? Yep. By actually earlier, uh, it had been already in me to be the guy, to be the manager for the transformation process and not so much to be a person to keep something, you know, untouched, unchanged, stable over over many, many years. That, you know, it's amazing and and. Companies that fail to innovate and adapt to change become irrelevant. And I think we're seeing that now more than ever because technology changes things so quickly. I mean, you're looking at a two-year iteration before something changes. And that's faster than any other time in our history. So the work that you do to help companies is is key to their future survival. It's, it's more than success. It's survival. If you're not innovating daily, somebody yeah. out there is going to kick you right in the pants. And you're gonna you're gonna lose, and you're gonna you're gonna lose your business. So that is outstanding uh, information and, and guidance, always flowing. Um, I've never heard that term that way, which I'm surprised. But <laughs> some advice I'm gonna put in my hip pocket as I move forward in my in my life and what I do. Yeah. So right. 
If you could recommend a leadership book to anyone, what would you recommend to the Bold Nation? What's your favorite leadership book and how did it impact you? Uh, well, um, I think um, let's let, start with the with the let's start with the basis that like you know a bold leader yeah what is important to a bold leader I think you you need to be committed to a kind of vision yeah, yeah. and then you need really need to follow this vision based on your abilities and now I am coming to your question okay which is uh, which kind of book right yep. so I, I, I think important is in life to convince people to something or to sell. And I admired always Zig Ziglar, right? And, and, and his sales philosophy, who, uh, I mean, he described this philosophy in a, in a great number of, of uh, excellent books. And one of these is Little Red Book of Selling, 12.5 Principles of Sales, of Sales Greatness. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a short, straight to the point, very interesting to read and easy to remember uh, book. So I would definitely recommend uh, this book. That is an outstanding book and it's important because sales have changed so much from 30 years ago, right? Sales today are more about relationships, getting to know people, understanding their personal emotional needs and helping them grow and providing a product and value to that customer. I mean, it really has changed in my lifetime, which is very interesting. And, and Zig Ziglar is fabulous. So it's a great book. All right, here's, here's your tough question. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and were hired to replace a very well-liked CEO in a company that's failing. The company has a significant culture problem and a lack of focus, which is accelerating its demise. What would you do in the next 30 days in order to change the course of the company? Well, I'll say um, um, beautiful kind of because interesting situation. Um, okay, um, I believe as a CEO, uh, you first need to discuss the vision and expectation uh, with the owners, with the ownership of the company, because they normally will have an expectation what they want to have in this company in a, in a longer perspective. And, and from there, I would start the plan for the next 30 days. I believe in, you know, in real mature first-class international companies, they, they, they won't ask you to change something on the first day or so. Right. But they, they will understand that you need to be on the same page with their philosophy, with their vision. So that's, that needs to be aligned, first of all. And then I would go with a principle which I will describe like 40, 40, 20. It's, you know, concerning how you will use this 40 days. So uh, 40 would stay for me as CEO um, just to speak with the management team, with the, you know, with the middle level executives and some other employees, because I need to understand what they consider is running well and what is uh, what is a problem yeah and i would ask questions i would just make a short introduction and i would never try to make the impression that i have a you know ready to go solution from day one because that wouldn't be professional i think as a ceo i i will have a broad business perspective but i need to pay respect that every company is different. 
Okay, so that's the first 40%. Um, and then the, the second would be to analyze the company strategy and how the execution is. Uh, so I would ask whether the company probably has been just, you know, fast following competitors or at least do they have any plan to, to, to uh, give some value to customers. And, and, and sometimes that might be the problem that the structure is the problem or the structure in the company is not supporting the strategy or there is simply very inefficient management set up and communication or bureaucracy. So I would need definitely to check that. And then I would benchmark how it is run, running in the company in comparison with their competitors, okay? And now we have the 20% remaining. So I would make some first, really first conclusions uh, because, you know, to make a strategy, it requires more than one month, probably three months. And um, you mentioned the company have a, has a culture problem. Uh, that is a long-term topic, and you can probably understand it after a few months. And then you need to have a clear discussion, again, with the owners of the company, or any uh, anybody else who you as CEO might be reporting to, it can happen. So because of the company culture, if if it is counterproductive to the to the what is needed to be successful, you know, in terms of talent, in terms of financial or customer perception, then as a CEO you need first to get the green light to change the values first and make the company culture different. Because, you know, as a long-term successful CEO, I, will, I would need uh, not only to give, you know, focus or strategy or operational performance, I would need to have an influence on shaping the right company culture. So that would be my, my decisions for the, for, the first, for the first 30 days. Christoph, that is an amazing answer, and you broke it down for the audience. They understand how to step into it, how to have a thoughtful plan, and how to move forward. And I think that's one of the greatest things about learning and leadership is walking with some kind of idea of how to engage your team, how to grow your team, and then how to improve things for your team. And that's, that's, exactly, uh, that's exactly the kind of answer that's going to help people do better in their day-to-day -day operations, no matter where they are and at what level they are. Well, with that, Christoph, it has been an absolute privilege having you on the show today. I can't tell you how excited I am uh, for you in the future, and more importantly, how excited I am to get to know you better. So Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was my great pleasure. Thanks again for inviting. I was ready to discuss leadership, and you know, with different background and different geographies, somehow we see that, you know, the basic leadership values that are the same across the globe, right? I think you're absolutely right. And I think more importantly, we people can learn a lot from today's discussion. Here we are on two separate continents, understanding, guiding, sharing, and, and inspiring each other. I think that's what we need across the globe today, now more than ever. I think it's hugely important to grow as a, as a world and not just as independent nations. Um, and grow closer in our business ventures and personal lives. So with that, this episode of Bold Leadership, we are out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show notes can be found at www.exit.co. 
If you liked it as much as we think you did, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review. 